0: Another confession to make I'm everyone's got the chains to build. technical difficulties again uh but i am your host brandon avera i'd like to say thank you for joining us and this is part three of the beer 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 series and once again i've got uh one of the knights of the bar top on my friend david how are you doing today
1: not bad not bad glad to be back for part three
0: part three i know we, we you know if, if you guys have heard part two we had a good time this is going to be a little bit more mellow Then part two, obviously we are, we're, we're more relaxed and uh, it's only the two of us. So um, we are just going to continue and just have a good time on this part. uh, You know, one of the things before I get started, actually, I should say is this is episode 10. So this is episode 10 of the life of an average show podcast. This is the final episode of season one. I mean, we've, we've made it that far. So season one is complete uh, this will be it And we've got a lot of cool stuff to look forward to In season two We've got some big things coming uh, some, more, uh, some more events Some more special guests Lots to talk about But I'll get into that later Let's wrap up season one And wrap up our, uh, our beer series On this one We're going to focus on seasonal beers Specialty beers One-offs Those rare finds that As a craft beer fan Craft beer nerd craft beer enthusiast, whatever you want to say, we look forward to those beers. And, and we're just going to kind of go through some of our favorites and talk about it. I'm going to hand it off to David now because he is my special guest. So uh, I'm going to take a sip of my DDH 23, even though I shouldn't be drinking right now, I'm going to. Um, David, what, when you think of a, a seasonal beer, and, and we'll talk about this for more than one time, obviously, what, are, what is one of your favorite seasonal beers that is, that, that is out still, and who is it by?
1: Uh, I think definitely one of the ones that I, I try to always pick up uh, when I remember that it's out. Uh, it's definitely going to be uh, probably Raspberry Temptress.
0: The Raspberry Temptress. Yes, they tend to drop that around Valentine's Day. I actually believe it came out on Valentine's Day this past year, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, I think that's one of the first ones, one of the first seasonal beers that I had and probably definitely one of the first like variations of the beer that I've ever had. Uh, that I that I liked a lot.
0: Now I remember, and that was one of the original um, variations of the temptress. Actually, um, I remember when they you know came out on draft, but I also remember then it was bombers. This was back in the bomber <laughs> days, and, and bombers oh, yeah. are still around to a degree, but not nearly as much as they as they used to be. Um, and now they do the four packs of the Lakewood Raspberry Temptress. And uh, I did like it. I thought it had a couple years where, it, you know, it's off a little. It may not be as much raspberry or maybe be a little too much raspberry. Um, but I do like it. That was that was a, a classic, in my opinion, one of the, the first real solid ones from, from Lakewood as far as their variations go. Because we were so, you know, impressed with the Temptress when it came out. Yeah. And we were, you know, then they did bourbon aged, which is awesome but I was worried on, you know, are they doing too much? And, and that is, that's still a solid one um, that I almost forget to pick up, to be honest with you. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) that's a good Okay. So I'm going to say for me, uh, I'm a big founders fan. Okay. And I don't, uh, you know, I don't know if this is fair. This might be a little off topic when it comes to questions, but founders, you know, from Michigan phenomenal. I was so happy when they, they came down to Texas and one of the biggest ones for founders was KBS Kentucky Breakfast Stout, um, very good beer. Yeah, it was hard to find. I mean, even in Michigan, they made a special release, and you had to get tickets to go to the brewery. I mean, there's all kinds of things. Um, it was their variation of breakfast stout, which is another great beer, which I really haven't had in a while. Um, that's year round, and they did Kentucky Breakfast Stout KBS. So when it came down to Texas, not only was it hard to get in a keg. It was hard to find. And I mean, I would travel looking for it. I paid $15 for one of the small bottles of it um, and all that. Now, they, they finally just made it year-round, which I've yet to buy since it's been year-round. I almost think it, it takes something away from it, and I, we'll get into that topic later. But um, one of the variants of KBS now is the espresso breakfast stout. And that is a year a seasonal. That's not a year round. I finally got one, and it it is amazing. You get a lot more coffee flavor than you do in the KBS, but it's still aged in bourbon barrels. It's got the that founders KBS or breakfast stout body, but then it's got that coffee flavor. And that is that is one that I'm slowly starting to crave and become one of my favorites. I think it's not from Texas, but. It's still one of my favorites um, that I like. And at the price point of, you know, $15, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not cheap. I mean, they're doing four packs, I think. Um, but even then, man, you're paying almost 30 bucks or something. Um, so I like that. But what is what is another one when you think seasonals? Because we're getting in to one of the best beer seasons around right now. Um, yeah, granted, you know, know, in that
1: later part of the year.
0: Yeah. I mean, granted, <laughs> yesterday was 106 or whatever. But... You know, coming into the end of September, October, November, December, that's beer time, man. That's some great beer, stout weather, Oktoberfest, maltier style beers. Um, What do you look forward to coming out as far as a one-off or seasonal as we get into this the the end of the year here?
1: So they don't really, I think they stopped making it, but it was the uh, sediment tempers during that. uh, I want to say it was a December release, if I'm not mistaken. Definitely like a so. holiday release, uh I don't think they make it anymore, but that was a really good one.
0: They don't make it anymore, actually, I don't know if they even do it at the brewery as a specialty anymore, um but that thing was amazing. <laughs> yeah. was I, mean, I don't know I mean it was eating a Girl Scout cookie yeah it was it was really good it was really good, and it was um I think they released it when they finally got rid of the bombers. They released it in four packs once, and I think it's gone now um One of the ones that, that, that I look forward to, you know, coming into the fall is obviously Oktoberfest. Now, unfortunately, they bump up Oktoberfest and fall beers. Now Um, they're releasing them now. I mean, I have Oktoberfest in my fridge and it's, only going to be september this week um so it gets a little it it gets a little too much but some of the best oktoberfest and that i that i really enjoy besides the obvious german ones but around here are rars oktoberfest i think is one of the best ones out there um and franconia's oktoberfest it's just like if there's one beer that you get from franconia you got to get their oktoberfest um, there's a lot of breweries that crank out Oktoberfest, but they just don't have that style like Franconia and Rar, and they're both award-winning. Uh, so I look forward to getting those Oktoberfest beers for sure uh, as we move into the quote-unquote, you know, cooler weather. Again, if you live in Texas, the cooler weather might not even be here till January. So <laughs> we don't yeah, if do at all, if at all. Um, but that's. Uh, are you a big Oktoberfest fan?
1: Yes and no. I'm like, it's kind of, cause I've had, I've had beers. I don't remember which one it was, but I've had a pumpkin beer that was like super uh, like way too much pumpkin in my opinion. Uh, but then I've had like a lot of other ones that are just kind of like uh, extremely good. Like for example, uh, pumpkin is amazing beer.
0: Yes. I'm-
1: but then I've had one that are just like, Oh, Hey, it's, it's like you're drinking pumpkin juice in a sense.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I'll probably do, I'll probably get Brad on for some of these pumpkin. Cause we're going to do a pumpkin beer. What are the best pumpkin beers um, out there? We're going to do one of those later. And I know Brad's a big pot. He's already drinking pumpkin beer. So down in Florida, but he's, he's twisted.
1: Um, yeah. It's a lot cooler down there.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's still, it's, I have pumpkin beers in, in my, you know, I'm saving them, but I'm not, I'm not ready to drink them till October. I won't drink a pumpkin beer till October. I have very specific rules. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. There are some that you drink it and it's like, did you just dump spice in here? Like, where's the yeah. pumpkin flavor? It's like you went to Starbucks, got a triple pumpkin spice latte with your spice and dumped it in there. And that's to me, that's not a a pumpkin beer um, at all. And I know pumpkin beers get bad reps, but uh, there are some amazing ones out there. You know, some of the other stuff that I think that we kind of forget about is the Christmas beers, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, There are some uh, of angry Santa, angry Santa. Yeah. Uh, from RAR. Um, you know, I know on the last episode, I kind of trashed Shiner Bach a little bit, but Shiner makes their Shiner cheer. And that is one of my guilty pleasures. I'll be honest with you. I, I don't know what it is. It is a guilty pleasure of mine. I love to drink Shiner cheer only around the holidays. I have three or four of them and then I'm good. Um, but there's, there's, there's also from Southern Tier, which we can't get here anymore, is Krampus. And I loved that oh, Krampus yeah. beer. It was so good, man. Um, but Southern Tier is, is, unfortunately, they don't distribute here in Texas anymore. So when you think about seasonals, and then we'll get to some of the one-offs, what is a seasonal? I mean, you talked about sentiment. What is another seasonal? I guess you could say specialty beer as well, that they don't make anymore that you wish you could just find. It doesn't matter where the brewery is or whoever, but one that you just, they do not make anymore and you wish you could get your hands on it.
1: So I can say they don't make it, but I can still find it. Uh, it's going to be um, by rabbit, rabbit hole. It's going to be the hole on.
0: You took mine, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, rabbit hole brewery, a brewery that we lost unfortunately um that was great. The whole anxiety came out every year. We had it on New Year's Eve, multiple bars yeah you just brought a bottle to my house the last the last time they made it you you found one, I believe at total wine yeah, um, I did and you brought it to my house and it tasted amazing and that was over that was a year old like it had to be yeah, long was than a year old it was, it was a
1: 2019. Uh that but it was aged it was it was made like a few months before the end of the year
0: and that was the last one that rabbit hole ever did um and' it wasn't in a bomber, it was in uh God what size was that was that a sixteen ounce I think so I think that was it when was everybody a... was getting rid of bombers, yeah, um, because of the price of them and how expensive they were, and it made more sense, you know when you have a bomber and you crack it open. You better have somebody to share with it, typically speaking, because otherwise you're going to drink that whole thing. And if that beer's 12, 13%, I mean, it's it's a long night. So when you do a four pack of the smaller ones, you can crack one open and drink it yourself and still save them for later. So it makes sense or to me. Or even the why... two
1: packs. What'd you say? I said, or even the two packs.
0: Even the two packs. Yeah, it makes sense to me um, to do that. There is a part of me that misses the bombers. I don't know why. I, I have no reason to say why. Um, I guess it was just something of pulling out that large bottle and and seeing the graphics and the design on it and I don't know maybe it's again I got no reason to why I miss.
1: I think it's just there. cooler to see it on, on that scale versus the can. I mean, yet you can you get like tall boys and all that kind of stuff too, but just to see that that same artwork. Uh, I remember the uh, DFW Lakewood collab. Uh, oh man, yeah, yeah, and just having the bomber of that. It's just like that the mermaid and all that kind of stuff and that like pirate. Uh, kind of theme to it. it just looked a lot cooler on the on the bomber versus like a smaller
0: can yeah i agree and w- which is why i like how martin house and even um 903 is doing it with the double cans where they, yeah. they give you the amazing artwork on the can and really martin house i'd love to just buy all their artwork um but then they give you the cool box that box has got the great artwork on it the story behind the beer then you open it up and you pull the can out and it looks just like the box. I mean, th- those guys are doing a cool job with the with the uh, you know the special limited releases. Um, you know, one release that that is limited that I know that we've both had our fun times with is the Ice Box from Franconia. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, when they did decide to finally bottle it, it didn't taste the same. In my opinion, I know Brad had it. I don't know if you had it in the bottle. I don't remember, um,
1: but it did. It, I did. It was. It was. It wasn't. I think it was different. I think too. It could have been like the experience was different because of the fashion that we had it in.
0: Yeah, it tasted sweeter to me. Um, but you're right. It could have. It could have been the moment. It could have been. You know, here we were at a spear to the last night ever that the bar was going to be open. It was on draft. <laughs> one of the greatest parties ever, and we just killed the keg, you know, um, it could have been, it could, it could have been that as opposed to buying it in a bottle, but I did think that that ice box, and now again, Rabbit Hole made an ice box called the School of Bach that, we, that you, we both had, you got a growler of it, I yeah. had bombers of it because I was working for Rabbit Hole at the time. Um, man, that thing was delicious, dude. <laughs> School of Bach was was epic. Um, But, you know, I'm surprised you didn't mention one of your favorites when you talk about seasonals and one-offs or variations uh, is New Holland's Dragon's Milk.
1: So, yes. Uh, I actually have a a 16-ounce crowd in the fridge right now of their reserve, too, the one that's aged in Scotch Barrels. Uh, I'm really hoping that they distribute or just put it in cakes and then I'll go find it myself. But the there's seventeen percent variation of I mean, Dragon's milk. It. Yeah, like just I'll I'll buy a cake for yeah, it. Yeah and you I'm do it scared. at your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would that would be that would be the beer actually I, I do like, It could be five hundred bucks for it, and it won't go away and I pay for it. Because
0: 'cause no, I'll drink I'll drink my share because it's dragon's milk and it's bourbon. <laughs> so or Scotch or whatever. Yeah. So I'll be happy. I got the best of both worlds. You already know that we can kill a keg of dragon's milk. So. <laughs> um, yeah, that now this is how old or how much I drank. The last time we got together, and I'm not talking about when we went out to kegs and mugs. When we got together at the, at the, at the house not um, mm-hmm. my place, you brought a dragon's milk. Did we drink that? We did. Oh, I don't think I checked that in.
1: And I don't we think we did. It, it was the, uh, it was a Scott block. I, I don't remember it. It was good. <laughs> like I
0: seriously, I remember you got the bottle and I was like, dude, we haven't even touched dragon's milk yet, but I don't, that must've been our last beer we drank.
1: I think it was. Cause I'm, I remember we had like two other lighter ones, like right before that. And then we had that one, but I don't think, I don't remember drinking something. After I think that was
0: the end, but it was also like two o'clock in the morning. Um, or yeah. I think, I don't know. It felt late. That's all I know. But, um, maybe it wasn't two o'clock. It was at least midnight, but, um, I don't know, man. I think it was really late that night, to be honest with you. But whatever. We're getting God off wasn't. topic here. Um, so, yeah, Dragon's Milk. My, you know, Speaking of this, and you'll, you'll appreciate this story. Uh, my parents, I just spoke to them today. Uh, they did a road trip to Holland, Michigan just yesterday. Um, it's only like, from my parents' house, it's, a, it's only like a little over two hours. So it's really not a bad drive. It's a gorgeous town. And they have other breweries there, but you only hear about, obviously, New Holland because they're the best. Um, but it's a gorgeous place. <laughs> and my mom went into a restaurant, okay, and and she said they had a bunch of beer. She didn't drink any, but um, she said the place was great. And what I found out about New Holland, and I didn't know this, so it's also – it's 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 in the snow belt of Michigan. And I don't have to explain what that means. You're going to get a lot of snow. Um ironically enough they're one of the number one places in the country for growing tulips they have a tulip festival and all this um so figure that figure that one out but on the sidewalks because a lot of it, it there is a college there hope college and a lot of it's walking around it's a great downtown like honestly i could live there it's really nice um but i under the sidewalks they have uh, pipe and or they're not pipes but i, I don't know what you want to call it We'll just say pipes. They have pipes and everything that produce heat. So it melts the snow on the sidewalk so you can walk year round. I had no idea. And I've been there multiple times. I don't think I've ever been there in the winter though. I think I've, I think I've only gone, I went to the Tulip Festival and I've, you know, gone a couple of times for road trips, but yeah, they said there it's all through the downtown area campus as well. So because they get so much snow they want to keep the pass open and it's just cheaper than having somebody come out every day yeah and it keeps it nice so um i mean
1: that makes a lot of sense if you think like especially for like safety too because then like like I'm, i'm from maryland so like walking in snow and ice and all that kind of stuff like the sidewalks are just coated in ice it's it's pretty dangerous if you're not paying attention well yeah and salt does
0: so much damage so as yeah. you're sitting here, and, and Michigan does. I mean, Michigan's not like Texas. We don't put kitty litter or sand down. We um, put salt <laughs> down because it actually does the job. But they they have so much snow, like it just, it, it, it's horrible on your cars. I mean, just horrible on your car. And it's horrible on on the roads and your clothes. And, and so to have that, I mean, that's really cool. But uh, if you're ever in Michigan, check it out. I mean, there's so many breweries up there. Obviously, Dragon's Milk was like... It's like they're temptress. Although, if I have to say... Way yes, better. There we go. Um, Way better. So when you look, at, you look at some of these one-offs... Let's look at one-offs, which are a little bit different than seasonals. Obviously, seasonal coming out every season. I know we've talked about temptress and Dragon's Milk. What, are, uh, what, what comes to mind when you think of a one-off that, again, you wish they would bring back out? I, I think we discussed this a little bit in... Um, the second episode, but, or second part. But what comes to your mind when you think of, man, you know, they made this or I had this at the brewery and it was a limited release. They're never going to do it again.
1: Yeah. I got to say, I'll say, I mean, you can kind of still find some of them. Uh, There's three different ones. I remember Grim Shear, Grand Mm -hmm. Allowance. I don't remember the third one by Lakewood because uh, I can I can kind of still find those two. I just do not remember the third one by They then. did this. It was the uh, sisters.
0: It and again, yeah, the bombers with the beautiful artwork. Uh, we drank every every time their one came out. We we had them. Um, at the gathering of the fools, it was like a hunt to find those every single time. I've seen the Grim Shearer. That's the purple one. That's the rye one, right? Yeah, it was a, a rye. I think barley one. And then
1: Grand Allowance is like the red and orange one. I just do not remember the third one.
0: There's a green one, a red and orange one, which was a a a wheat, a wheat wine, and I didn't really like that one that much. The very first one, the green one, whatever that was, the green and blue, I loved, and I have to pull it up. I mean, you could tell we're really, really doing our research here, but um. That one was good. And then the purple one was the grim Shear. That one I see around occasionally.
1: Yeah. I know they still, I looked at their like webpage a couple days ago and they still had those two uh, at the brewery, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, those beers would last. I mean, you know, they, they, they wouldn't go bad because they're already aged anyway. Um, yeah. And that was a rye wine. It was 11.4%. Um, by Lakewood, it was part of the whole the whole sister thing and i i it was like a, a a big a big legend um matter of fact uh the last time you had it was july twenty seventh two thousand
1: eighteen uh, so <laughs> that sounds like thank
0: cool. you untapped uh ironically enough, all of us had it that day um no yeah all of us everybody in the group had it that day and then It looks like I had it again on August 12th. So I must've had an extra bottle there. But anyway, um, I wish I could remember the first one, but those, yeah, that was really good, man. That was, that was almost something I felt like they could do year round or not year round, but, um, seasonal. They could, they could replace it. Yeah. Even if they only picked one of those, they could have done it, you know, as a, as a regular, um, for me, and I, I feel like I, I'm I'm missing some of them and and I wish I wasn't. Um but the one that pops out is one that I have. I have one bottle left and I could probably find some if I look hard, but it would be hard, and that's CBS by founders. Canadian brec- Oh Canadian yeah. Breakfast Stout. So they take the breakfast out, they take the um KBS. But now it's got some maple in it, and it's aged in Canadian whiskey barrels. And it just, to me, almost every time I've had it, I've said, you know, I think this might be better than KBS. The problem with CBS, it's now gone. Last year was the final year. They they retired it. They buried it. It was the first time they released it, I think, in four packs because um, they used to do bombers of it like everybody else. Those were the big bombers though. I, I don't remember the size, but they were bigger than your, your normal size bomber. Um, I got the last keg of it uh, in the DFW when I was working at growler USA before COVID, you know, shut them down and uh, we tapped it. I think I filled up my growler probably four times with it. Um, but I have one <laughs> bottle left and I've had it for a, you know, it's, it's not a quite a year yet. Almost. Um, And I'm saving it for, it'll probably, we'll probably drink it one night, unless I'm just feeling like I really need it myself and I don't want to share, which does happen. But uh, that is one that I was like, man, I'm going to miss that because there's just something special about that beer that I really liked. You know, Deep Ellum has some too. Back in the day, you know, Deep Ellum had a ton of beers that they were, they were literally telling you this, we're only releasing this for a month. And then it's gone. And then, um, what Tups has done several. I don't think Tups does their, uh, uh, not barley wine. I don't think they they do their, um, oh gosh, what is it? I keep saying barley wine and it's not it. Uh, their Saison anymore. I don't think Tups does any. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, the Saisons. And you know, that's another one. Lakewood used to have the Till and Toil Saison. I don't know if that's even out anymore. It's, I still
1: see that in Portel wine, but I'm not sure if it's like a older style of it. I, I think they changed it at one point where it was no longer. Uh, was it red wine barrels? Or something well, like so that? they they
0: came out the till and toil when it first came out, and I remember this from when I did a tap takeover with them at the Londoner. Um, they did a till and toil, and it was just it was a, it wasn't aged in Chardonnay barrels. It wasn't aged in in. Cabernet barrels, it was just the Till and toil Saison. Then they came out with variants. They did a red and white. Same thing with Tupps when they did their Saison. I think they changed it completely to one of those wine barrels. But I don't remember which one, and then I think it just disappeared. Um, but it was a really good Saison. You had a Saison.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it definitely was.
0: Did you have... That was the one that Tupps did. Tupps did their... um No. Didn't OHB have a black Saison? Or
1: is that somebody uh, else? Yeah, that's their... Isn't that their chump change? Uh,
0: you might be right. Yeah, jump change, yes. Yeah, it, it is. Chump change is their black Saison. Yeah. That is one that I think is a style that you don't see very often.
1: No. And they they do it very well, so I'm hoping somebody else picks it up or they just continue to do that do variants of it because it's it's... I wouldn't say it's totally different than like a normal Saison, but it's it's definitely something like isn't the same in a sense in a good way. No, it's it
0: is. It's it's something that when I see like Saisons, I'm like, okay, it's a say and I've had some really bad ones. But when I see some Saisons and I look at that, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna choose that over the others because it's just different enough. And yeah. make it consistently good. We we talked about on the previous episode or part for this, we talked about ohb and how they kind of fly under the radar but they do a lot of good stuff man um and that was one of them that they originally came out with and it's i was surprised it stuck because i really thought it was just going to be a seasonal that's the other thing when you look at beers that you assume are only going to be a seasonal and they they do so well that they they just make it year round and i've seen that you've seen that with a lot of uh, a lot of IPAs lately and a lot of uh, stouts as well. Uh, where they're like we're only coming out with this, you know, one time and then that's it and then all of a sudden they're back again. Tups is actually everybody yeah, wants it. <laughs> Tups has been doing something on social media recently and on their website that I really like. They're actually going through and doing these surveys. They're t- about like what do you like? What what is one of your beers that you'd like to see come back? What is something that you would like to see us do? And they've been doing them by category. So they did it by the DDH series and they asked very specific questions out of these. What is your favorite? Uh, what would you like to see? Do you prefer the variants over the regular? Then they went to some of their other beers. Then they went to their full grown man series. So Tupps is reaching out to, you know, their, their audience, their crowd, their supporters, and asking them what they like, which tells me that they're, they're thinking about switching something up. I'd, you know, I'm
1: not... I really like that. Uh, I wasn't aware they were doing that, but like that, especially right now with, with, with COVID and everything like that going on, it's a really great idea to kind of be ahead of everybody else in a sense because I don't think anybody else is doing that. And you kind of get the like the, the one-off years that you might have not made anymore, but you still have the ability to make it. Uh, you bring that back and, and then like the whole variant thing too. Well, that's what I think too. You know, I
0: I think it's great. I mean, talk to the people that are supporting you and they're buying your product because you can get like you and I can sit there and really get focused on what we like and not think about the big picture because, you know, we don't work for the breweries. So it really doesn't matter, you know, but when I was managing (laughs) bars and I was ordering beers and doing promotions like that, I had to think about the big picture. I couldn't just think about what does Brandon drink You know, um, I mean, I did a lot of times, but I still had to think about like, look, if if, again, I'm not a sour guy, but if sours are selling like crazy, I'd be a fool not to put them on tap. You know, so you have to think about that. So to see Tufts go, you know, not get caught up in this is what we do. This is all we do and ask. It's really cool. But the flip side of that is, as I drink DDH 23. They just came out with DDH 24. (laughs) How many more can you do? I mean, they're very, it can't be as easy as it seems because they're cranking them out to come out with variations of DDH. And they do all taste different. I've had some of their DDHs that I don't like and I've had some of their variants that I don't like. Um, But at some point you got to stop and say, okay, we need to go back and release the one that everybody wants. Now, for me, that was DDH two and seven, I think. Um, but you got to go back and go, okay, are we going to release this one and make this year round? And then we'll go back and maybe change up the DDH series. Maybe we'll focus on the variants instead of coming every six weeks with DDH 24, 25, and so on. Maybe we'll, this will just be our DDH beer. We'll keep it year round and we'll focus on the variance instead. You know, you got to do something like that because eventually, you're going to run out. I, I, there's only so many combos that you can do out there, unless you do, unless yeah. you discover a new a new hop, a new you know. And then eventually, too, is is the uh, is the trend going to wear down? Is it going to get old? I mean,
1: I mean, I think you can kind of do kind of do both a little bit. Like if if they made their just standard DDH year round. And then they consistently release all the variants, all all that kind of stuff. But then the the most the the highest selling ones, the most popular ones, make those seasonals. Like you mentioned, two and seven. So maybe one half the year they release two, the other half the year they release seven. But throughout that, they still have newer ones coming out. It's a lot of work. It's It's a lot lot. of work, Uh, especially for for brewery. Uh, But. It's just that just kind of those things that now, like, get you to stand out amongst everybody else.
0: Well, you know, and and then you look at other breweries. You know, we've talked about Franconia, you know, how they stick to what they know. Um, and maybe it's working, maybe it's not. I don't know the inner workings of that brewery. But then you look at guys like, you know, Manhattan Project, who's still relatively new. Um, they're not getting too crazy with what they do. They'll come out with stuff, and they, they, they do their own at the breweries and stuff like that. But they're focused on what they do best with the Half-Life, Double Half-Life, Bikini Atoll, you know, the ones that are their cores. And they're really kind of going yeah. at a slow pace, but yet they seem to be successful. Now, again, I don't know.
1: I think that's kind of what you have to do, though. Like, especially, like you said, be, them still being kind of new. I don't think you can come out with the, the craziest stuff in the beginning. You kind of do have to find, like, what's, what's your best beer that you make and, and target that core audience and then you can branch out from there. Yeah,
0: because I think if you do too much, you shoot yourself in the foot. Um, yeah. And, and, and I don't think they have a a seasonal that, that is released to the general public anyway. Um, I could be wrong. I don't know everything, but I don't think they do. And, and then you've got guys like Hoppensting. You know, Hoppensting is one of those that I feel has flown under the radar. Um, they have some great beers out there. They're focusing, they're kind of making their frigid underworld which is their coffee stout as their, te- I, I hate to keep saying they're temptress, but I'm just going to say it because <laughs> it's their, it's their model. Look, full grown man is Tupps's temptress. You know, it, it's, it, you know, temptress kind of set the tone around here for coming out with different variants of stouts and all that. And, and if you can find one like full grown man, which is amazing, and come out with that variant and you can find Frigid Underworld or Frigid, I said Frigid Underground, Frigid Underworld. Um, if you can find that and make a variant out of it, like the peanut butter one, or they did a, a pumpkin spice underworld, you know, they've done different ones like that. I think that's really cool because it, it becomes a staple, but it's still seasonal. So you're taking a staple beer and you're making it seasonal. I I, I think I think it's cool. I think what Tubson's is doing is great with DDH. Um, I'd like to see other breweries do stuff like that. Um, You know, I look at Texas Ale Project and and they're, they have these uh, R&D series where they come out with different beers, but their main, in my opinion, their main seasonal is the Caucasian. Um, And that's one that comes out for a short run and then it comes back again. So I'd like to see some other breweries really dabble instead of just cranking out random beers I want to look forward to that beer when it comes out. I want to go, oh, my God, it's March. Guess what's coming out? You know, this is what I want to find. And, and I, think it, I think it becomes hard at times uh, because you got to stay ahead of the curve. And I think it's becoming even harder now because of COVID. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. You know, I mean, the breweries are not making the money like they used to. The drinking's up in Texas, but the breweries, you know, with them not being open – I mean, some of them are able to open again. Uh, there's been some loopholes and there's been some development in that. I know Oak cliff is now you're able to go and drink there because they created a beer garden and they create, and they have food. Now there's something that they changed where there's a food option. I don't know if it's a food truck, but I saw it on Facebook. So they're now able to open because they can sell. It's still at 50% capacity, social distancing, whatever. Um, but I saw Texas Out Project did that too. But then there's others like Tufts. Tufts is not open yet. Um, you can't go there. I, you can't go to Franconia. You know. I don't know if three. Na- I don't think Three Nations is is open to the public yet either. So we're starting to see them change. I'm hoping that now that some of them are looking for these loopholes, they can start focusing on that because I know I don't know about you, but other than like you know, we can drink stouts all year. I don't, I, lo- I look forward to the change of the seasons with the beer. You know, I look forward to finding that beer for fall, finding that beer for it to kick off the summer. You know, Oberon was my summer beer. I, I look forward to that. Or I look forward to, you know, Christmas where you get those, you buy that, you know, Belgian Christmas beer, you know, that you can't find anywhere else. You know, um, I just,
1: yeah. The, the, like looking for the seasonal beers is like you said, is really fun. I remember, uh, Lake Lakewood. I don't, I don't know if they did it this year. I'm pretty sure they did, but I know usually at the beginning of each year, they kind of release their calendar and kind of block off sections of the calendar and kind of show you like, Hey, this beer is all year round. Yeah. This one's only going to be like March to April or something like that. And this one's going to be middle of summer. Uh, just so you kind of had that calendar you can kind of look forward to what's coming out.
0: Yeah. I remember that, you know, in, um, Breweries used to do that. I, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. if they. I think their calendars got tossed out the window like ears and eyes right now, dude. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't think it matters. But I know like with Christmas gear, beer back home, one of the greatest ones to find is the Great Lakes Christmas Ale. I mean, they would and you're never going to get it down here because they don't distribute. Um, but they would line the streets. I mean, I'm not kidding, man. You would go to the brewery or go to the bars that would get it and you'd get a ticket to be able to get your beer and a lot of these bars would sell the six packs too so you could get a ticket for a six pack but once it's gone it's gone man and that was it um you know avery has a good christmas beer uh the old jubilation ale and then of course our 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 friends or whoever up north uh north of us oklahoma just you know prairie christmas bomb Uh, that's another one that I I'm starting to look forward to it. I'm like, oh, Christmas bombs out. Now, granted, you're gonna pay an arm and a leg for it, but it's becoming a tradition. And I I hope the breweries out there survive and and they're, you know, hey, look, I'm not in the business of of making beer, I just drink it. But I'm noticing as a consumer, focus on what you do best. Don't get me excited about a beer and then never make it again. I mean, I don't mind that once in a while because you have to test the waters. But don't get a successful beer, release it as a seasonal, and then tell me you're never going to do it again because the following year, I'm going to look forward to that beer.
1: Yeah. Even not even like seasonal, even like like for like an anniversary or something like that. Like, may, hey, make it the next, bring it, bring something else too but make that one again.
0: Yeah, I always, I, I kind of feel like you know, but I think it goes with today's society too. I kind of feel like breweries sit there and and go, "Oh, we got to do something better. Oh, we got to change it up," because if you look at society, everything's changed up. Everybody's attention span is very short and small and tiny these days. You know, we're scrolling on Twitter. We're we're scrolling on Facebook. We're snapping, you know, ugly pictures of ourselves every two seconds. You know. I think breweries are thinking that we're going to get tired of them because it's such a it's such a vicious market that they have to change it. When in reality, consistency and great beers, in my opinion, that's that's what I look for. Um, yeah, we can always find something different to drink. You know, when we get together, we always try to bring something different to the table that maybe we haven't had or it's just so good that we had to bring it. I mean, there's so many beers out there, but for the breweries that, that we follow and we love and we support, it's nice to be able to go to them and go, oh man, guess what's coming out this year? Tubbs is releasing X, you know, or Lakewood's doing this, or Martin House is doing this, or whoever. Um, but when they, you look forward to it and then you go, oh, you're not doing it this year? You just kind of like get disappointed, you know? <laughs> but, um, all right, so in closing here, as we wrap it up and we get on with our evening final question right now what is your favorite season of beer
1: season of beer for me that's it's it's kind of a catch 22 it's it's i guess the winter time cuz i'm just a huge stout fan i i drink stouts all year round uh but I'll, i have a lot more variances and in opportunities
0: to find them uh, around the winter time i agree with that i agree with that of course, who knows the way they're doing things. We'll have our Christmas beer in two weeks. <laughs> we'll have stouts in um, the end of September. And then we'll have our spring beers in January. So, I mean.
1: Yeah, I have an I- IPA for I Christmas. I mean, it's just
0: ridiculous <laughs> and it's annoying. Uh, yeah, my favorite season, I got to say, is this fall season. I, I agree with you because I, I-, I tend to leave. I mean, believe it or not, even though I'm drinking Hazies and all that. Stouts are probably one of my favorites. Um, they really are. Uh, I just, I just like a good hazy because it's light enough and it's, I don't know. Everybody's saying, I don't know. I just like them, but fall, there's something about it. And I think it goes back to being back home of the football and the weather change and, and, and because October's one of my favorite times because of Halloween and I get excited about all that. Um, Typically, though, I look at the season of beer from like the end of September to the end of December. It's like beer season for me. Um, I usually sober up in January, believe it or not. I usually take quite a bit of time off of January and sometimes the whole month off of January of drinking. It's been a while since I've done that. Actually, I did that last year. Um, But because I drink so much beer, (laughs) Over the course of the next three or four months, I'm like, all right, my body needs to break, but it's just some of the best beers are coming out. I think that dies down a little because we're in Texas and the weather doesn't change so much, but I really, you know, I love a good malty Oktoberfest or even a, 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 a lager. I love it. You know, a good Oktoberfest lager. Um, I, I just really enjoy it. I do like pumpkin beers, man, if they're good. Obviously, and of course, it goes with the time of year. So I'd have to say fall is 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 probably my favorite. My least favorite season for beer is like spring and summer. Like I do look forward to a nice, light, easy, awesome, crisp, like you're at the pool beer. But after a while, I get bored with it because there's all these yeah. I could say that there's wheats.
1: I think it, I think the spring summer like style gets gets pushed in your face a lot more than any other season and it's kind of like to me it's it like overdone it's just like okay well, these are all i don't want to say the same
0: but there's, there's not a lot of change in between these beers i know i feel the same way i mean you're getting all these spring like you're getting the wheat beers and the hefeweizens and and the lighter lagers and to me when i think of summer beer unfortunately and it's it's really not true because there's so many good ones out there i just think of bud light and all that like, I just think of people on the yeah. lake drinking Bud Light. Like, I got to get my Miller Light and my Bud Light. And so it makes me just go, ah, gross, man. Even though there's some great light beers out there, like uh, Necessary Evil by Manhattan Project. That is a Pilsner. It is super easy to drink, it's crushable. Probably the only Pilsner I like. Do I want to drink it every day? No. But if I'm going to the pool, I'll take that over like a Miller Light. Obviously. Or a life, light. <laughs> or water. But um but yeah. So I just I think that season-wise, that's probably one of my least favorites. Uh is that time of year. But well man, I appreciate you being on the show on the podcast. I'm glad we got to do it. No echoes this time. That's exciting.
1: Yeah, no echoes this <laughs> time.
0: Hey, we're learning. But you know, as we go into season two of the Life of an Average Joe podcast. Uh, we've got a lot of cool things coming up. I'm very excited about it. I'll do some announcements on that in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm going to take a little bit of a break. It's not going to be crazy. Trust me. You'll have plenty to listen to, Uh, but I've got a charity event that I'm working on where we'll have the life of an average Joe uh, t-shirts as well as toy cars on the nightstand t-shirts. Very excited about that. Uh, We'll talk about that. We've got some updates on the book coming out. Uh, So in the meantime, listen to some of the podcasts that you miss Uh, Make sure you follow on on your favorite platform. Don't forget to check out Toy Cars on the Nightstand blog. Doing a lot of changes there. Um, There's some good ones there. You can go back and reread those. Follow me on Facebook, email. I'm everywhere. And I just got off the phone today, shockingly. Uh, There's going to be a new uh, media platform coming out very soon uh, where I'm going to be putting something together. Very excited about that. Working with a good friend of mine on that. So look for that announcement there. But we've got a lot of great stuff here, so be safe out there, be nice to each other, love each other, let's just let's just end you know we're coming into the end of the year. It's, it's the home stretch here guys. September is is here. so we're coming in let's just get through this let's let's just end 2020. I know we got an asteroid coming in November and all that. Um, but let's just let's end 2020 on a good note. <laughs> Because I don't know about you, but my mentals can't take it anymore. So let's just get through 2020 together, and and then just just rock into 2021 and do this something different. But uh, David, I'm sure I'll have you back. Um, I'm sure yeah. we'll talk more beers. I'm sure when we go to a brewery soon, maybe we can do uh, you know a live one from there. But uh, I'll be talking to you, and uh, yeah, man, thanks for being on the show.
1: Yeah, sure thing. I'll uh, see you later. later.